Hey, Laura. Yeah? You want to talk about Leo? Do, 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 do. Do, do, do. Yes, I do. Do up, 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 do up. Let's do it now. Listeners, to let's talk about Leo Bailcast Edition. This is the podcast where we discuss all things Leonardo DiCaprio and the body of work of Christian Bale, one film at a time. I am Meredith, and with me, as always, is my super cool sister and fellow Leo lover, Laura. Hi, Laura. Hello. What up, gentle listeners? Hope you've all had a good week. Sorry that I asked you a question that you can't answer. Uh, but today, we will be discussing Christian Bale's requisite World War II era film, Swing Kids. There will be singing by other people dancing by christian and regrettably nazis uh but before we do that let's check in how are you laura oh i just i just want to tell you he he was in a, his first film was in a world war ii film too oh um yeah but that one didn't have <laughs> nazis in it it's true well it had one nazi well it had like remember that guy was in that scene in the car and there was like one nazi and we were like hey and then he was gone i mean i don't think we were like he didn't have that much exuberance about seeing him. I was like, that's not genuinely or generally my response to seeing Nazis. Um, well, I think, no, I think we were happy because he was like clearly not going to meet a good end. Yeah, that's always nice. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like the, like one Nazi is like easily overpowered, but like when they get together in packs, it's like a problem. Yeah. I think we need like a name. <laughs> For like a group of Nazis, like a murder of crows or a gaggle of geese. Um, like a bunch of, a group of assholes. No, it's like an asshole of Nazis. Yeah, an asshole of Nazis. Or a swastika of Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> I like asshole. I like that. I That's, like asshole of like Nazis a, too. You know, you see like a group coming, oh, it's just an asshole of Nazis walking down the street. Yeah, that's how I'm going to refer yeah. to them from now on. It's like, um. Like how Dan Savage needed that term for like a group of bigots and his listeners came back with a pensive bigots. <laughs> That's perfect. It was really That's good. Perfect. It was really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, hope, I hope that we will never run into an asshole of Nazis, though. Oh, my God. I, I sincerely hope that I live my entire life and never run into a single Nazi. Yeah. I hope. I know. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. <laughs> Here's open. Um, anyway, though, you asked yeah, me how, how I was, you? and I didn't answer. Um, I'm fine. Um, I've been really busy lately, which, you know, I find very disgusting. Mm-hmm. Gentle listeners, I find pride in busyness very distasteful. Um, I, it's disgusting to me. Uh, but anyway, I have... Uh, I can't really just say that and then not go on to why, but there's no real reason. I mean, you and I both just have, like, utter contempt for, like, puritanical values. Absolutely. Like, the Puritans ruined America. <laughs> they absolutely... They made and braided... They made... Wait, that doesn't rhyme, so it doesn't work. Made and braided. <laughs> they made and braided. 
Um, yeah, I just, yeah, puritanical values are like utter nonsense. They're just designed to make you work really hard all the time and like never enjoy life. Waking up in the morning early so you can get a head start on work, like absolutely makes me want to vomit. And then anybody who you talk to and they're like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm so busy lately. I have, oh, blah, blah, blah. I have a board, board meeting for my chihuahua championships on Thursday. (laughs) And uh, and I just really I can't get away for a single moment. Um, I mean, people like, saying oh. that they're like super busy is just like code for a they want to be super important and b they don't have they don't want to talk to you, then they don't want to yeah. hang out with you. I've but yeah yeah I uh, sometimes I do say to people I'm so so busy when I just don't want to hang out with. It's not that I don't want to hang out with them. It's like I need some personal time. I know, but we've also, we also have like a culture where it's not just cool to say, I want some personal time. Sorry. Like, sorry, I'm hanging out with myself today. Like, people would be like, oh, pearl clutch. Oh, aren't you lonely? No, I'm hanging out with myself. Did you not hear me? I, have you talked to me? I'm fantastic. I have a great time with myself. Also, I have two dogs to hang out with. So, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, Puritans are also all about like the, the culture of self improvement, which I'm like, I'm pretty cool. Well, you know, like, I could improve, but it just seems like a whole lot of work. So, and then it's like with little reward, honestly. Yeah, that's my <laughs> thing. I'm like, what's the end game? You're never going to be perfect. So it's like, yeah, you're ne- you keep you're improving and then what? Then what happens? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like just a better person. Like, okay, great. But I feel like I'm just like a good enough person now <laughs> that I don't, <laughs> I don't really need to. I don't really need any more self-improvement. <laughs> oh okay. my god. It's I so do no, I do funny. try to <laughs> I just try to I try to improve myself, but I try to improve myself on my own terms, like like things yeah, that I improve you know, the things I, feel, I want to improve. I improve the things that if something's making my life difficult and it's me making myself me making my life difficult, I will improve that thing. But I'm not gonna be like, oh, I'm supposed to What's what's something that is like really puritanical? I'm supposed to uh, wake up early. Shower every day. Oh God, because <laughs> cleanliness is next to godliness. Yeah. Who made that up? <laughs> what do you know about God's showering habits? Also, Jesus was probably filthy. Let's be honest. He needed people to wash his feet. He probably stunk and cried <laughs> all the time. <laughs> stole that joke i stole that joke that's from um uh broad city <laughs> one of the characters says did you know steve jobs stunk and cried all the time <laughs> but it's like so, it's the first line of a scene like it's not in context at all she's they're just walking down the street and she goes did you know steve jobs stunk and cried all the time and then the girl do- the other girl doesn't even respond <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is like with jesus like I bet he did. <laughs> oh my god, he lived in like the desert. In like which, well, if you live in the desert, you don't stink that much because like the the uh, dry, you know, sand stuff like it like gets into your hair and like soaks up the oil. Yeah, but he like never bathed, and he also didn't have a toothbrush. You don't know about his habits. You don't know about his cleanliness. I'm just, I'm saying, just saying, being the Messiah doesn't like. <laughs> 
mean that you never stink. It probably means the opposite because the whole point is that you're supposed to experience life on Earth as a human. Yeah. And part of being a human is like being disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) And they didn't have bathrooms either. So like, where was he taking his number twos? And he wore sandals all the time. And we know he was hanging out with lepers. It's true. Yeah. I'm just saying, Jesus probably didn't smell great. That's probably why it was such a big deal that somebody washed his feet. Oh, no. (laughs) He's like, this is the first time in my life when I pee on them daily on accident. I'm 33 years old. This is the first time I'm ever having my feet washed. It's been so hard I mean, they at least know that he was baptized at one point in a river, so he got a little clean then. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh my god. <laughs> that is so funny and so awful all at the same time. <laughs> we're really <laughs> apologies to Jesus, but I honestly think he has a sense of humor and like we're bud like, you know. We asked a priest once if Jesus had a sense of humor and he said, Well, you know, he's basically just God and God created us, so I figure he has a sense of humor. Yeah. I don't think we said anything too offensive. I mean, he probably did stink. So like Anyway, if you're offended, I'm, you know, I'm, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that, I'm sorry that you feel offended. That's oh my all. God, you're being even worse. <laughs> because you may have said something horrible that you don't even realize that you said. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm sorry that your feelings were hurt, which is like, that's not an apology. We are so off topic. We are really off topic. It's like 10 I think we just in. don't want to talk about World War II ever again. <laughs> I um, totally want to talk about this movie, though. I know. It's really good. It's really good. But anyway, I'm great. I'm a little tired. I tried to get into my house with my Metro card today. <laughs> I didn't ask you how you were. I know. But I needed to move things along. So okay, I just answered right, a ahead, question that was asked. Um, yeah. And that's, that's my life. That's the most exciting thing that's happened to me in the last few days. Baller. Well, how was Leo's week? You like what what's he been up to? Okay, so Leo there are three Leo stories this week that I would like to share. I would mostly just like to share the headline from two of them and discuss an issue that I see when I Google Leonardo DiCaprio news and then the other one I want to actually read you a little excerpt from the uh from the article. So oh my god, first, I can't even I haven't looked it up and I can't believe I'm gonna be hearing new things. Go so ahead. the first um so this, it was posted 14 hours ago on the Daily Mail, and it says, Leonardo DiCaprio rekindles relationship with Tony Garn. No. And there's a picture, a paparazzi picture of him in a car, and there's like a mysterious blonde in the back seat. Also, I'm, he puts her ni- in the back I'm 90% seat. Lucas Haas, I'm 90% certain Lucas Haas is also in this car, um, because there's a man that I don't recognize because you can only see his, uh, his, his like, neck beard in. Um, Does he have a hat? Does he have a hat? Lucas likes to wear a hat. Yeah, he has a hat. Leo is also wearing a hat, of course. And then, five hours ago, just Jared posted, Leonardo DiCaprio leaves the club with model Juliet But it's the same picture. Oh, so that's not... So is he hanging out with two models? Mm -hmm. If so... Which model is he hanging like hanging out with? Mm-hmm. Is he hanging out with both models? It's possible. I mean, what I don't know what kind of life he's leading. I feel like he's on a bad path. 
But I, I feel no like everyone's just like really confused about whether or not he's actually dating Tony Garn. Well, but if there, if she's like, oh, we do know how old Tony Garn is. Oh yeah, Tony Garn is like five years old. And um, you're telling me that this new girl's going to be 37? <laughs> well, let's see. I highly doubt it. She's probably oh 22. Oh my god. Is she 19? She's 17. No, she's 18 years old. She signed with Kate Moss's agency in 2014 when she was 15 years old. What year is this? She's 18. Wait, no. I don't know. Now there's something else that says she was born in 1998. How old would that make her? Too freaking young. No, that that would make her almost 20. That would make her that 19. That means she's younger. She's younger than Titanic. So she's a genuine child. This is hideous. I'm very furious right now. You know, I... Leo, that better be, like, your... That better be for your friggin' nephew. You better be like, oh, I'll pick up your girlfriend from wherever. That better be... Maybe he, maybe they're neighbors and he was giving her a ride. Or maybe she was hanging out with Tony Garn, like, networking. Because, like, models do hang out with other models. You know who I've decided I would be another person I've decided that I'd be okay with Leo being with? Oh, who? Um, the chick from Outlander. She's a model. Oh, that would be and nice. She's totally age appropriate and she's super beautiful. She is. You know? I mean, she's with somebody else, but Oh. <laughs> she's she's not free. <laughs> uh, does that matter? No, not when you're Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Well, apparently, when you're just like picking up eighteen-year-olds, I'm I want to know more about this because I am disturbed. Yeah, also, I actually I should. I didn't realize listen, she was so young, and I'm gonna. Click I need to on talk to link. Leo right now. Hey, I need to talk to Leo right now. Leo, if you're listening, which I know you are, uh, the dude. mysterious blonde. Sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. The mysterious really blonde behind him there. is is Juliet Perkins. So Juliet Perkins is in the back seat. It doesn't matter. She shouldn't be hanging out with him. He's 42 years old. I know. He's almost 43. I mean, he could be her father. Yeah, exactly. Leo, listen, if you're listening, dude, this is this has gotten out of control. And I'm very disappointed in you, sir. And I don't even care if anything happens. Don't put 18 year old blondes in your car because you know what's going to happen if you put 18 year old blondes in your car. We've already talked about this, Leo. It's like we've already talked about this, <laughs> dude. Really I don't want to have to re- exasperated with how much like women as a whole have to tell men as a whole things. Like how many times we have to tell people things. But like, like with the whole Harvey Weinstein thing, when people are like, "We just didn't the the hashtag Me Too." They're like, "I just didn't realize this was happening." I'm like, "We had this conversation like two years ago." We have this conversation a lot. We had this conversation last year with Kesha. We had this conversation a, a year ago with like hashtag not, uh, hashtag all women or yes all women. Like we keep having this conversation, and yet you keep being surprised. And we keep having this conversation about how it isn't chill for forty two year old dudes to date eighteen year olds, and yet it keeps happening. <laughs> like, I just I can't, Leo. Like I, I'm tired of defending you about this. I can defend you all day about anything else, but I can't defend you on this if you're going to behave this way. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. But I also feel like 
Like, he's not, like, talking to her in the car. You know, I'm not trying she's to defend in him. His car. I know, but somebody, he's not even driving. Or somebody else is driving. They could have just been going in a car together. It could have been, like, an Uber share. Like, uh-huh. We don't... <laughs> No, and they're not alone in the car either. It would be different if they were alone in the car, for one. Okay. They're not. There's other people in the car. I just think he shouldn't, like, go to these situations where this kind of thing happens, you know? Like, you can hang out, but, like, take your t- find a lady that is age-appropriate and then take her out, you know? But you or don't even know that he took her out. They could have no. showed up at the same club and been like, oh, hey, I know you because you date models. I know you because I date models. And then they're going okay. somewhere else. And she's like, oh, I'm cold. My car's not here. And he's like, oh, why don't you hop in up my car? I'll give you a ride. It could have been that innocent. It's still not appropriate. But it's not. it doesn't necessarily imply a predatory nature. No, I'm just saying that's how people see him. And I'm tired of defending him. Yes. So I don't want to defend him anymore. I feel like I'm... When the things that I have to say when I'm defending him are things I don't want to say. Then don't say you them. Know, like, well, but, you know, like this, like, oh, maybe, like making excuses for him. Like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm, you should not be dating 18 year olds and that's the end of it. And if you're not, that's great. But you also shouldn't be dating 25 year olds. Um, I mean, the 25 year old, 25 year olds bother me quite a bit less than the 18 year old. Yes, Absolutely. 25-year-old yes, is like, ugh, whatever, patriarchy. And then an 18-year-old is like, whoa, you yeah, need to rethink your life. Absolutely. If you're dipping down that that far. And here's the thing. I've been worried about his mental health uh, because he draws us like a drunk dad. And um, I just hope this isn't part of that. Yeah. You know. You know, and I, I hope that he's not like the next dude that comes out as a total dirtbag. I don't even know what I would do. I don't know if I could withstand such a blow. I feel like it would have come out right now. I don't know, man. Because, I mean, there's thousands of Harvey Weinsteins everywhere. It's like, it's not, and and they're not all coming tumbling down right now. Like, the reason, no, no, the reason that, like, the reason that these dudes get taken out when they do is because they're on their way out anyway. Like, Harvey Weinstein wasn't as powerful anymore and his brother wanted him out of the company. It's not because, like, suddenly everyone was willing to listen. It's because he didn't have as much clout as he did before. Mm, I still so if, like... if they're at the top of their game, they still have enough power to push things down. For the time being, I'm just going to believe that that is not true of Leo. It's well, not... we don't need to believe that it's true of Leo because we haven't been presented with any evidence that it is. Like, no one in this conversation has said that Leo is a horrible predator. We just hope that he's not. But, like, I don't know. The jury is out on all dudes right now. <laughs> Which sucks. Okay, what was the thing? What was the next thing? And is it, like, more uplifting? Yeah, it is. That, like, really mm-hmm. bummed so me that that, to be. That really bummed me out, and I don't know why. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean for it to be a bummer. I didn't know, know who she was. I should have done more research. Um, okay. We would have we would have reported anyway, it anyway. We have a journalistic uh, in, uh, obligation. This is a fine journalistic enterprise. <laughs> um, we do a lot of research. We Google things and stuff. We do the Google and then we report what we read. And sometimes, <laughs> like right now, we literally just read it to you. Yep. Um, okay. So Entertainment Weekly has the headline: "The Real Story of How Leonardo DiCaprio Auditioned for Hocus Pocus." 
Please tell so, me. So because it's almost time for Hocus Pocus, I guess it is time for Hocus Pocus. It's been on the, the 13 nights of Halloween or whatever. It's on, on like 34. every night on that. They need yeah, to it's like, amazing yeah. because it's a completely brilliant movie that I, I hope is a relic of our time. Like I really hope that when we do like a time capsule, we put uh, like of... I don't know. Important. A time that's already gone of the of the early in nineties that that's in there. Yeah. You know, if aliens find Hocus Pocus as a representation of our culture, I will be perfectly. Wait, happy can we watch that. Hocus Pocus and do a special Halloween episode? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Because I mean, Leo's re- not in it, but he was supposed to be. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was somehow connected to Leo, so it still is valid. Yes, it's still chill. Okay, so can you tell um, us okay. about his actual? Uh, Oh, this is annoying. Um, okay. So, the full story. Oh, wait. The full Leonardo DiCaprio casting story is the actual uh, section headline of this because there's other things about Hocus Pocus, but this is the important part. Okay. And it's a quote from the director, I believe. Kenny Ortega? Yeah, Kenny Ortega. Okay. So, he says, the casting ladies called me up and they said, we're sending you an actor today, but he's not available and you're going to fall in love with him, but you can't have him. I'm like, why are you teasing me? They were like, you need to see this guy because he'll inspire you. And if nothing else, he'll help you find the right guy to play Max. And they send me in a young Leonardo DiCaprio who I completely and absolutely fall in love with. He's just the most sincere and most centered and a wild child at the same time. He was feeling awkward. He was like, I just feel really bad being, I feel really bad being here because I'm up for two other movies and I really want them both and I don't want to lead you on. I was like, that's okay. I was already warned. What, what are the movies? One of them was This Boy's Life and the other one was What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Obviously, he left and incredible things happened for that young man and to this day. Uh, but meeting him awakened me to the kind of spirit and fun and sincerity that I was looking for in an actor. And when Omari Katz came around, Isn't I fell in love again. Omari? Whatever. Um, uh, came around, I fell in love again, and he was our Max. Oh. And actually, I do get, like, a um, butterflies about Max. <laughs> Max, like, is... So lame. I feel he's so bogus. <laughs> but I, I had such a crush on him growing up. Yeah. And obviously um, Thackeray Banks, clearly. Oh, God. Who didn't? We'll talk about yeah. this later. Yeah, we're not. We're, <laughs> we, gotta, we have to move on. Um, I'm interested. That was an interesting story. Let's move on. <laughs> no, I love that they said that he was like inspiring just to be around. That's how I, I feel about Leo. That's how I feel about him. I'm disappointed in, uh, in him at the moment. Wait, so it's really you, hard wait, for wait, me. Wait, 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 wait. You've never been around him. No, that's how I feel like it would. That's how I feel he is. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's your impression? That's my impression of the type of person that he is. Okay. I was thinking you were like, I just, I, you know, I also really feel like he's really inspiring to be around. And I was like, how would you know? Well, on the TV, he's also inspiring. <laughs> Just his face is really inspiring and inspires a lot of things in me. It does. It does. It's a beautiful face. It is. And I have it on my desk at work every day as well. And I've been Aww. actually trying to figure out how to incorporate him into my new apartment. Um, but I don't feel like a Leo poster. I mean, it's not It's not like James Dean or Elvis or something. You can't just like put that up and it's like, ooh, this person's really awesome. A Leo poster is like, ooh, this person's Wait, no, super I, lame. I know exactly what you do. What? You have the um, 
the the blue shirt picture. Mm-hmm. You have that framed, mm-hmm. very small, mm-hmm. in the bathroom. <laughs> so, that, so that people can like look at him and like gaze upon him without feeling weird. Like across from the toilet? No, just like sitting on the counter like he's your cousin who went to war. <laughs> that way I can remove it if someone judgmental comes over. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That's the deal. Also, should it be in black and white or should I keep it in blue? The blue. The blue. Yeah, you, need to see, you need to see those blue eyes. It's true. <sighs> okay. I'm now inspired to continue the rest of this podcast today because we've just talked about Leo. Um, so let's get on to the, uh, the next portion. Okay. Uh, Laura. Yeah. Had you ever seen Swing Kids before? I have seen Swing Kids probably 20-ish times. Like Word. 20 to 30 times. Um, it was one of our staple films in our adolescence or my early 20s. Uh, for, basically from the beginning of my adolescence through my early 20s because like my adolescence and then yours came right after and we just like kept watching Swing Kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we once went to the Blockbuster. Did you write the story we down too? Once went to no, no, block, no, no, the no, block, no. Blockbuster. No, I'm telling uh, a specific story. We once went to the Blockbuster to get it, and it was rented, and we were so upset that we staged a protest, a peaceful protest, a pe- peaceful protest. I don't remember. Did we actually sit on the floor, or did we just threaten to? No, we actually sat on the floor and a Blockbuster employee was like, what are you guys doing? And we were like, we're staging a peaceful protest because you don't have swing kids. Why don't you have two copies? He was like, sometimes you just can't get the movie that you want. That's how this works. And I was like, it's not acceptable. <laughs> and then we went and got Froyo. <laughs> um, no, I think that we um, we also, yeah, we loudly threatened to like park ourselves in front of the spot where swing kids lived until it returned. Mm-hmm. But it was gone for like three weeks because we kept going back and trying to get it. Like, the person that rented yeah. it did not return it, and we really wanted to watch it, and we had to drive a whole 10 minutes clear across town to the Hollywood video. The Where they also didn't have it. Yeah, exactly. They did not have it. Um, it was a very popular film in the early odds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was that same night that we staged the protest that we went to Hollywood video. I think it was probably, like, the next time we went there when it wasn't there. I know we went up to the like uh, people that worked there and said, "Excuse me, can you look up and tell me who last rented Swing Kids or when it is going to be back?" Oh yeah, we also asked for their address. Yeah, we did, and they were like, "We can't, we can't, give, we can't give you that." And we were like, "That's that might be when we staged the peaceful protest." Yeah, they weren't really pleased with us, but mm-hmm. they also realized. I remember what sweatshirt I was wearing too. <laughs> but anyway, it's a white billabong sweatshirt. Oh, nice. Anyway, Swing Kids is one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, although watching it this time, I felt like I was watching it for the first time because I understood what was going on on like a completely different level. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I should have caught a few things the first twenty-five times I watched it. Um, I don't know if I willfully ignored some of the more unpleasant parts of this movie, or if I just didn't comprehend what was going on. But I didn't really understand, like, how much of a Nazi Thomas really became. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand, really get that Thomas turned in his own father. Oh, really? I, I guess I just, I don't know why I didn't. I didn't know what they were doing when they stood up in the classroom and were, like, reporting. I, I didn't realize what that was, I guess. Oh. And I didn't connect it to, like, when they showed up at his house. 
So oh, okay. I didn't understand that. I didn't really put together that the bookseller was forging birth certificates. What on earth is wrong with you? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What did you think this movie was about? Well, I thought it was about the Nazis. And I thought it was about everything it's about. I just like, I think, I don't know. You missed like the finer major plot points? Yeah, I thought that they were taking Peter to jail at the end. Oh. Yeah. Um, I did not realize he was going to a concentration camp. I think I was seriously, this is honest, I think I was seriously just so blind, blinded by Christian's hotness. Like, I had, I only got, like, half the movie. Because I didn't want him to be bad either, you know? Yeah, it's really hard because, like, he's really hot, but he's kind of awful. He's even, end. like, actually, and I would never, this is the only time I will ever say this in my life, he's actually a little bit of a hot Nazi. No, there's like a thing in Hollywood where they cast Nazis as hot people. But like when somebody did like a project uh, or, an art, or an art installation that had it was like a, qu- a quilt pattern, but it was made from like pieces of metal. And it had like all of the people who played Nazis in movies from the war until like, I don't know, 2001 or mm-hmm. something like that. And it was surprising how many of them were just like extremely sexy. Yeah, but like very rarely do they let ugly people play Nazis, and you're like, that's weird. <laughs> it's not like playing soccer where we just can't allow ugly people on the field. Exactly. Like you'd think that we would want to make them ugly because the whole world collectively decided that we didn't want them here. Yes, did you hear that? Any Nazis listening? We all decided you, know, like, you weren't. In, just... You weren't friggin' invited to this party, and nobody wants you here. They literally don't even go here. They don't. That's what they're um, mad about, though. <laughs> <laughs> but this, like, this time when I watched this movie, it was so much more familiar than I ever thought it should would be. Like, it mirrors our lives. <laughs> Some of the lines were, like, things that I hear all the time now. Because basically mm-hmm. everyone, every one of the main characters in this movie are, like, good people who don't agree with the Nazis, but were just keeping their heads down and just going along with it. Because, like, as like Peter's mom said, like, the whole country is Nazi. And everyone was just basically trying to stay alive and thinking it wasn't going to be that bad. Mm-hmm. But they, they thought that they were going to have to suffer a few years of Hitler and then get him out. Yep. Like, now. Um, we may not have, like, Trump youth stalking our streets, a group of assholes. Oh, no, wait, an asshole of um, Trump youth. We do have a group of assholes stalking the streets. No, I understand. Like, like, no, I know that. But, like, I meant, like, in the uniforms, like, the way they just walked and, around. And, like, official. Yeah, yeah, no, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the Trump youth stuff. Like, <laughs> stupid little outfits. Because, like, what would they wear? Like, tiny little um, hideous, ill-fitting suits? Yes, and, like, little, like, cats, dead cats on their head. And would they have to spray tan themselves? Yes. And he wouldn't let anybody be one who had large hands. Yes. You would have to have a hand reduction. I, I, I shouldn't laugh. It's like, you it's should actually have a, like really serious. You should have a hand reduction if you're going to be one. But the Trump youth <laughs> would be horrible. But the Hitler youth, they dressed in like the least intimidating outfit anybody could possibly wear. Oh my God, for being like obsessed <laughs> with masculinity, the Nazis had like, I don't want to sound like a bigot, but like the gayest outfits. <laughs> 
the best Halloween. They were so well accessorized. They were. And like, they were, they wore shorts and like knee high socks. They all looked like little porn stars. Yeah. They, and they had their hair like a certain way, which was a little bit 70s porn stars. Um, yeah. And like, they were really into mustaches. We know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, it's, they had like those scarves, like they had those little like Hermes scarves that they wore. Yeah. yeah. It's like everything. <laughs> It was really horrible. It was a really horrible time yeah. for the world and also for fashion. Yeah. But anyway, I thought like while I was watching this, we're like literally two years away from this. Like, it, or then, it's always possible. That's like, I'll talk about that. Yeah. Kids should watch this movie in school. It should be mandatory viewing. Yes, I agree. Like, it's not just... Cabaret and swing kids should be mandatory viewing. Yeah, because not only does it show, like, it's not, like, just a mirror on a bar society, but it actually shows how a Nazi is made and how easy it is to make someone who feels powerless basically, like, drunk with power very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, sh- uh, the reader should also be mandatory viewing. I feel oh, like. God, the readers. Yeah, because... Yeah. Not because of Kate, but Kate's awesome in it. But, I mean... Um, She's amazing in that movie. That movie is... I remember I watched it with Emily, her sister, and she, like, sobbed for days afterwards. Yeah, that movie is her swing kids. Mm -hmm. That movie is her swing kids. So I think we're probably going to talk about more of that stuff later. Um, Meredith, have you seen swing kids before? Even though I know the answer. (laughs) Of course I've seen swing kids before. I've seen it 20 million thousand times. Um, this movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I even did my World War II project in high school on Swing Kids, like the actual ones, uh, in real life. And, uh, yes, I can swing dance just in case Christian Bale shows up and asks me to dance. I am prepared. And he's good at it. I, I also like had a weird phase where I tried to dress like a swing kid a lot. I had like saddle shoes and stuff. I had like this one polka dotted dress that I thought was so fly. It was fly. Here in victory rolls, that dress. Um, that dress I don't know. Was swing, fly. swing is a good look for me. I think I'm. I like really want to go back to it. I also now just like really want to swing dance my way through uh, Trump's America. I'm like I feel like we need that release. <laughs> well, that's stress. what I'm saying. Like we at least need if we're gonna have to live through this, we at least need a signature dance to do. Yeah. And it should or be a signature stupid. style it should be of dance. amazing. Um, yeah, but this movie had a really huge impact on me as a teenager because I think like when we learn about Nazi Germany for the first time, our first question is like, but why did the Germans go along with this? Like, why didn't they fight and refuse to let the Nazis take Jews or like commit myriad other atrocities? Um, and this movie made me understand how it's nearly impossible to keep out the noise and stay sane when everyone around you is going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I sincerely hoped that I would never have to experience that in my life. And I think we're, we're, we are experiencing it and it, you don't ever want to be like, we're experiencing it in just the same way because every time is so different, but like trying to remind yourself every single day of what is real and what is right and like is actually really hard. Because you're constantly being like, you know, having these like messages and even more so now than back then. We cannot get away from the news and from like, there's this whole idea that in order that like facts don't matter because in order to know that something isn't true, you first have to believe for a millisecond, you have to establish that it could be true. And then the could be true is always in your brain. So like, 
it's it's really difficult to like sort out fact and fiction as a human person like you can see it on a page but like still it's, it's actually fairly easy to get brainwashed in these like group scenarios um but i think a lot of people have like a lot of people who have like a firm anti-nazi stance such as myself um like that you have that stance because you've admitted to yourself that no one is impervious from being swept up in like this group violence and group think um and that's really scary to like admit to yourself but this movie was what made me see I, like like you said how a nazi is made like how they got all of these people to do this and uh I, as like a 14 year old i was like i'm going to steel myself against this i will never be a nazi <laughs> Yeah. And I won't. I won't ever be a Nazi. I refuse. I would rather die. Um, I was also very aware this time around watching it of how like like just under the surface of every character was this crippling fear of physical violence. And like I didn't notice that as a teenager. I like did not notice that they were all just trying to stay alive. Mm. I kind of thought that they were just like nervous because like like, it's really hard to imagine that they really didn't know what was going to happen. This movie starts in, what, 1939? Yes. So it's not the middle of the war. It, they don't know what's going... Like, everything is kind of just beginning. Right. And they, they don't they just know what's over, going to happen. Uh, the Nazis just take over Czechoslovakia. Yeah, what Czechoslovakia was and called? Poland. Yes, but the, and they show this, like, propaganda video. They're like, oh, they're so happy to see us. They're greeting us in the streets. It's, it's awesome. It's totally reminded me of how freaking Puerto Rico friggin Trump can like we can see something on the screen and he just goes oh no everything's fine they loved us they it's great and people believe that because he's saying it and when I watched it in the years before when I saw that part I was like (laughs) yeah like anybody believes that but now I'm like oh people really believed that and there weren't there weren't pictures there weren't people going there and being like hey you yeah. just kind of had to take what you heard as truth. Yeah, and they wanted to believe it. They wanted to believe that Germany would be great again. These people had been so devastated by war. And, like, like war and violence are so linked to economics that, like, you kind of can't even separate them. Yeah. You know, and that this movie reminded me of all of that and, like, but it was really foremost in my mind this time, like this idea of like they were all just trying to not get like battered and killed. And that's why they were going along with things. Because I've been thinking a lot about how like a characteristic of fascism is that it's completely bound to violence. Like you, there's no instance of fascism ever that has happened that wasn't violent. Right. It's like the language that fascists speak. And like how that's how fascism takes hold in and it's like a small group just terrorizes the larger population into letting them run amok. By blaming another group. Yeah. Bec- and it's like important to remind yourself too, like I think I feel like one of the things that we hear a lot right now is like, well, you know, like the his, Trump's base is actually a really small population. It's like a really even it's like people voted for him that aren't part of his base. And his base is really a small group of people. But so were the Nazis at one point. And then but the violence allows them to terrorize everybody into just letting them do whatever they want because you don't want to be murdered. Yeah. And like this time when I watched this movie, um, I realized that in 
Peter. So Peter's one of the main characters. Peter, Thomas, and Arvin are like three swing kids. <laughs> and some random guy. And some random guy <laughs> who has no name and just sits there and makes weird comments like every few scenes. Um, it's it's the, the Lucas Haas of the group. He's the Lucas Haas of the group. <laughs> and um, who would be Leo then of the group? Christian? No. Peter? Yeah, probably. Yeah. No. <laughs> Toby's Peter. Peter's Toby, yeah. <laughs> I bet they both auditioned for this movie too. Maybe. Anyway, um, they would they would have been really good. Actually. So Peter is one of the he's like one of the main swing kids in this like group. He's of, the main swing. Kid. He's the main swing kid, and his family, his uh, father, had been taken away by the Nazis, tortured, and then brought back, and where he like basically like wasted away and died. So his family already. Some people don't know how bad the Nazis can be. His family already knows the violence of the Nazis and how bad they can be. So I forgot what I was going where I was going with that. But even then, the, his mother said that I remembered. His mom says, "No, we just have to go along with this, so they don't do this to us again." Yeah, like we no, we just have to keep our heads down and just keep going with this because we know how bad they are. So they get people by being like. Here's here's a reason that you're so unhappy. These people over here, and then other people, they just kind of go in and torture. Yeah. They terrorize people physically and emotionally and mentally until they let them do whatever they want. That's like... Um, yeah, because they pick people sort of... I mean, almost... At, it's not at random. They have criteria for who they go after, but they go after anybody. Anybody who's a traitor. Anybody who they... Is not one of them. And that just doesn't mean, like, the people that they rule over... That means anybody who's not one of them. But they mm-hmm. also probably would go after their own as well. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. This time I just, I know this isn't my, what did you think? But you just made me think of it. About the mom who's lost her husband. And she's angry about it. But she's just like, we just have to keep going. And and not cause any problems. And not have this happen again. Yeah. They just had to survive. Yeah, and sometimes there are people now who are going through this. I know yeah. some people think that is not ha- this is not happening. There are people in this country who are afraid that the government is going to show up at their house at any time and take one of them away. And you will ne- you won't. They're see not them even again. just afraid. That's actually happening. No, it's happening. But they live in fear. Everybody who this could happen to is afraid that it's going to happen. And just because they yeah. just because they start with people from Mexico and keeping people. Um, like Muslim people out doesn't mean they're not going to spread to another group later. So anyway, all right. <laughs> would you like to go oh. to? La- Sorry, would you like to go to Laura's learning corner and learn about the most yes. badass people possibly ever? Yes, please. I love swing kids. Oh, me too. Okay. So our movie this week, as we're saying, is based in re- on reality, although it's not based on specific people. It's just it's basically historical fiction. So, um, our characters weren't real, but swing kids were, except they were called the swing youth instead of swing kids or, or swing Jugend. (laughs) (laughs) It's a much less awesome name. No, it's kind of uh, more awesome because like the, we say Hitler youth when we talk about the Hitler youth because we speak English, but Jugend is youth in German, so... They were the Hitler Jugend. Yeah. And so the swing Jugend would have been better. It makes more sense. Yeah. They were also known, like, among each other, basically, as swing heinies or old hot boys. 
<laughs> which I don't understand that because they weren't old. Probably were hot. Definitely not old. I'm going to call them swing kids, though, just for our purposes. <clears throat> so swing kids were German youth uh, between the ages of 14 and 21. They mainly lived in Hamburg and Berlin. And, oh, wait, and I wrote it again. And they raged from 14 to 21. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I don't know if you know this, but they ranged from 14 to 21. <laughs> I have a question for you. Yeah. What age range was this group? Oh, you know what? I don't really know. I've heard some things. I think it's 14 to 21. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's about, I thought it would be about 14 to 21. <laughs> and in the movie, our our, char- our characters are, I'm thinking like 18 or 19 because they... Um, no, I think they're like 16. Really? You think they're younger? I think they're supposed to be like 16. Okay. Because there's a point where the uh, like the main character reads a letter from uh, that his de- dead dad wrote but right before he died, oh, and I think he's right. like 10. That's right. And it was six years ago. So okay. Those babies look a little older. <laughs> uh, so uh, these people, these swing kids, formed an answer to the Hitler Jugend and the League of German Maidens. Which is Ugh. which is the equivalent of the Hitler Jugend. It was the lady, the lady version, the League of German Maidens. That makes me want to vom it. They're so heinous. So they're both basically not Nazi factories for kids. Yeah, it's not like fascism is kind to women either. Like, ugh, gross. Yeah. The Nazis decided that to attract more kids to their groups, to the uh, German Maidens and the Hitler Jugend, they would throw dances because they're fun. The Nazis are fun people, and they like to have a good time. They're a great place for kids to hang out and socialize. Uh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but instead of the popular swing music of the time, they played new German music, which I imagine to be very militant and boring. <laughs> it was probably like... I picture like just polka. That's what it sounded I like. I picture polka... Or, and then, like, it's either polka or, uh, like, just military music. Yeah, it's like the Germans had such a great musical history until that period of time. And, <laughs> and, then, it, and then it just all sounded like a fart. And then occasionally, in the middle of their set, their, a recording would come on and there'd be, like, an awful man singing. It'd be Hitler's private tapes. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, in, in addition to being, I can't even do a German accent. In addition to being an artist, I also want to be a recording artist. I want to be a recording artist, and I know that you guys will like my songs. And then he'd be like, Germany is really great. My mother told me that I would be a good singer. I, I am not actually Jewish. I love making fun of Hitler. Making fun of Hitler is one of my favorite things to do because he's so easy to make fun of because he was such a douche. Like <laughs> he was such a tool. Not just. Oh, I'm I not mean, like I don't want to about... downgrade him because he was also like a tyrant, like a literal tyrant. But like he's he's a pathetic human. He was, yeah, he's really pathetic. I mean, dude, it's not that big of a deal that your like his art was actually his art's not bad. I'm, it's the only compliment I'll ever pay him is that his art wasn't what? terrible. It's fine to hang in a doctor's office, but it wasn't, like, interesting. And then it's, like, you look at the other art that, like, Germans were doing at that time, and you're, like, oh, yeah, that's why you sucked and no one liked your art, is because you were painting, like, pastoral scenes, and they were painting the pain of World War One. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, brah. And I feel like he really overreacted. 
<laughs> I feel like you took it a little too far. Like, <laughs> there's a lot you could do to improve your painting, you know? You don't have to, like, become a fascist dictator. There's other avenues that you could take. And he did not take any of those, um, no, unfortunately. No, he, he went. He, like, basically walked out of the art school. They were like, you... Uh, you know you've got great skill but no imagination he was like i'll show you <laughs> you've got great skill but no imagination <laughs> i mean that's what i think when i when i've seen his paintings on the internet when i google hitler's paintings because i was curious yes i i see good skill but no imagination yeah it's true it's he paints what he sees he has nothing in, you know his brain was not uh, yeah he just wasn't very imaginative yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, he w- wasn't he also in like the late stages of syphilis? Like, not that syphilis makes you a bad person at all. Like, it's just a health issue. Please get it dealt with if you have it. But like, yeah, the late stages are rough. No, yeah, he had syphilis. Um. Anyway, n- enough time to that douchebag. Keep talking about the uh, swing kids. Yes, swing kids. Back to it. So yes, yeah, so they, so the Nazis would play, you know, the new German music and the greatest hits of Hitler. Uh, at their dances. <laughs> it's so funny. And now I will sing a song that I wrote for my mother. <laughs> I can't I can't do German either. This one is for the fatherland. This one is for the fatherland. This one is for... And then it's just so tone deaf. This is for my only friend I've ever had. <laughs> he was a goat. His name a was Philip. <laughs> oh my god. And then and then he just says like he doesn't even have a guitar, he has a ukulele. He's like him <laughs> only having an accordion, because that's the only instrument any German people have. But then he also sings with like way too much feeling and it makes everybody in the room uncomfortable. And they're like god. And he sings he also sings like a eunuch, like it's really high yes, and clear yes. with no vibrato. Yes, and and all the actual Nazis there are like, if you're so talented Wait. Oh my so god. Good. He, you know in Cabaret when the Nazi song comes on and it's a tiny child singing it a cappella? No, that wasn't a tiny child. That was Hitler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. But, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, I don't feel like singing a Nazi song right now because it's like, why would I do that? But um, just go I will. Uh, look, up, look up the song Tomorrow Belongs to Me from Cabaret. Okay, wait. We don't need to sing this song. <laughs> it's unfortunate because it's actually it's actually like a really pretty song, so it's really unfortunate. Yeah, and that <sighs> the scene in Cabaret where that happens is like terrifying. It makes my blood run cold every time. Yes, me too. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> back to the swing kids. Uh where was I? I was talking about Hitler's music career. Mm-hmm. They were you talking about the dance, the super cool dance parties, the uber cool dance parties that the Nazis would throw. <laughs> if he was around today. He would most definitely not be a political figure. He would be on a reality TV show. That's like way too real. <laughs> our president was on a reality TV I show. Know. Well, yeah, yeah. I guess they they have a lot of things in common. Um. Anyway, so eh, okay, I wrote a whole thing that like went very smooth transition. But since we had that thing about Hitler's music career, I don't, I can't do the transition. So um. Anyway. The kids did not show up at the Hitler dances. Surprise, surprise, friggin' prize. Instead, they went to swing dance halls, which had really fun music and actual dancing and, like, a good time for all. Uh, swing music was seen by the Nazis as a degenerate music because it was made by black people and Jews, which is, like, listen to, like, 
a German polka and then like jazz next to it. I don't really see how you can even like not even a competition. It's not a competition. Um, and so they honestly like again great technique, no imagination. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's not for all Germans though. No, no, no. Yeah, I love Germany now. Germany is a great place now. Me too. Me too. <laughs> My favorite country to visit. Uh, so anyway, the jazz was just not the Nazis' cup of tea. They weren't into it. They did not ban it. Actually, they didn't ban all of it anyway. But swing kids didn't just reject the lame Nazi dances. They also rejected their style, too. Rather than the sniveling mama's boy UPS outfits that the Hitler Jugend supported, swing boys wore Hamburg hats, which is like a very hipster-looking hat, long hair, and they wore Union Jack pins on their coats. Um, They were obsessed with British and American Mm -hmm. culture. They also smoked pipes and carried umbrellas around on their arms no matter the weather, which is why Arvin, in this movie... Um, he has he has a club foot and he uses an umbrella rather than a cane. Um, as for swing, mm-hmm. yeah, as for swing girls, they gave a middle finger to the Nazis by wearing their hair Which down in curls rather than in braids, and they painted their fingernails and wore makeup and a bright lipstick since Hitler liked the natural barefaced look for German women. Look, Adolf, nobody cares. Nobody cares what you like. Nobody asked you. Nobody cares. Like, literally, no one asked you. Hitler's like that guy who walks into a room of people having a conversation and just goes, I have great news, everyone. (laughs) You're like, excuse me, everyone else was talking. (laughs) Actually, he makes me think, it's like, this guy is not Hitler, but like, on the subway the other day, I'm like going home after a long day of work. I'm sitting next to this guy who looked a little bit homeless, but I wasn't too worried about, not that I'm worried about homeless people being like, I'll sit next to anybody. But, like, you know, I just, and then all of a sudden, he just starts screaming about how 9-11 was an inside no, job and capitalism no. is going to fail. And I was like, dude, no one asked you. Oh. And he proceeded to lecture oh. for the next 40 minutes. He had it prepared. Oh, it's like he left his train. house that day and was like, I'm going to get on the B train. I'm going to tell these B train writers how it is. What I actually wrote down. After Hitler liked the uh, natural bare-faced look, I wrote, I don't think anybody asked you, you hideous waste of human flesh. <laughs> <laughs> they certainly didn't, Hitler. And you know what? Ladies can wear whatever they want because we're doing it for ourselves. <laughs> um, all of the swing kid look goes back to jazz and the swing kid belief that jazz, which the jazz stood for a love of life, self-determination, non-conformism, freedom, independence, liberalism, and international. That's basically the dream I had last night. Yeah, they were amazing. Swing kids also only spoke English to each other. Um, <gasps> oh my you didn't god, know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. They referred to themselves like as a group as Lottern, which translates to lazy or sleazy. And they did that to show their contempt for the Nazi ideology's pressure to do useful work. And they were also super against repressive sexual mores of the time. Puritans. Yeah, back to the Puritans. Useful work. Repressed sexuality. Gross. All of that is so gross. Like, 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 both the Nazis and the Puritans just, like, hated anything that was fun. 
so like yeah, you know exactly. when the puritans like got to america and they were like we came here because we were oppressed and people didn't want us there i'm like no you got kicked out of europe because you were lame <laughs> <laughs> you weren't being oppressed you were being a buzzkill everybody else in europe's like drinking wine and being chill and you're like mm, you should wear a high-necked outfit and never have sex and it's like oh my god go away like they actually got kicked off a continent yeah and for some reason, we think they're super awesome now, which I don't understand. But basically, the uh, swing kids were peacefully protesting the Nazi regime um, and just by just being like cool AF. And the goddamn Nazis had to put a stop to that. And on August 18th, 1941, more than 300 swing kids were arrested. Not all of them were punished harshly. Some of them were just forced to get haircuts or were monitored. Um, to make sure they were dressing appropriately and going to school. But unfortunately, some were sent to concentra- concentration camps. The boys were sent to Morin- Mor- Moringen, M-O-R-I-N-G-E-N. <coughs> and the girls were um, went to Ravensbrück. The mass arrest only made the swing movement stronger, though, and the remaining and new swing kids handed out anti-fascist propaganda. One of the leaders of the Swing Kids movement, Gunther Discher, I don't know how to say that, sorry, um, may be the inspiration for our main character, Peter Muller. Discher was arrested and sent, it's probably like Discher or something, was arrested and sent to Meringen um, with 300 people. Heinrich Himmler, or Himmler, 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 you got it. Okay, Heinrich Himmler suggested sending all swing kids to concentration camps to endure beatings and torture, but the war ended before he could make that happen. Many swing kids survived and went on to be successful adults. The movie Swing Kids was released on March 5th, 1993, one year after Newsies. Wow. It, stars our, it stars our buddy Christian Bale, a Robert Sean Leonard, who is, uh, was on House... And he, I think he's on Law and Order SVU now. I think he's like plays an attorney on there. I'm not sure. Um, Barbara Hershey, Frank Whaley, and of course, Kenneth Branagh. There's also Noah Wiley. And Noah Wiley. He doesn't star in it, but he's in it. Um, It was not a commercial success at all, but like a lot of Christian's movies, it has a strong cult following. Um, in, uh, no, in college. No, was I in college? I was either late in high school or college. Um, we had a swing kids versus na- uh, swing kids versus Nazis, swing kids versus Newsies party. <gasps> That's the best thing I've ever heard. Because you know that me and my friends were like really good at throwing themed parties. <laughs> Absolutely, that sounds amazing. Yeah, swing kids versus Newsies. I think I went as a swing kid, but it was difficult for me. Yeah. Um, I just have like five trivia facts or four. I have four trivia facts. There were hardly any. Oh my god! How are there hardly any? I don't know, but um, I'm going to go, I'm just going to say them now because they're so few. It's sad. Okay. All right. Ethan Hawke was offered the role of Peter, but he turned it down. Oh, he would have been good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roger Ebert put this movie on his most hated movies list. That's rude. Also, just wrong. Like, there's so many worse movies out there. Roger. Yeah, there's a lot of bad movies out there, like Celebrity. Yeah. I... <laughs> I know you're no longer with us, Roger, but that was that was a bad call. He says he's sorry. He understands <laughs> its importance now. Uh, Christian's character Thomas calls the HJ, the Hitler Jugend, Scheisse Patrol. Oh, Scheisse Patrol, yeah. 
which means the my least favorite word. It's not that I'm against cussing. I just don't like this word. The do S. Not, do you patrol. want me to say it? And you can just plug no. your ears. Yeah. Yeah. It's the ship patrol. Shiza is yeah. German for. I say it all the time, and I don't want to get caught swearing. It's oh, Shiza. <laughs> but, but I, th- I feel like everyone at our high school learned to swear in German because we always had German exchange students because we have a sister school in Germany. <laughs> yeah. So like all um, of us can just like swear in German. People missed that he called it that though because he pronounced it incorrectly. Yeah, I noticed that actually. <laughs> and finally, this is like the only good, really good um, fact this week. Kenneth Branagh chose not to be billed because he didn't want to be billed ahead of Christian Bale. <gasps> wow. Or any of the other boys, actually, because he said they were the real stars. He said Christian and the other boys, but yeah. He didn't want to be billed ahead of them, so he just chose not to be billed at all. Wow. Can he be? That's yeah, actually not like, like a, a really, really solid thing to do. Yeah. It's very classy. Did he have anything to do with Christian Bale getting the role, do you know? Or like... It didn't say. It didn't say. I don't think so, though. They just like happened to be in this movie together. Yep. That's so that's it. Cool. That's all our, our, our very sad um, little trivia facts. I liked... I actually liked that one, though. I like when people are... When Kenneth Branagh is a good person. <laughs> like, Specifically Kenneth Branagh. I love yeah, when Kenneth Branagh is a good person. Else. I just really like when Kenneth Branagh is a good person. <laughs> no, didn't somebody else do? So- oh, it was Leo. Leo. Leo was the other person that did something like that when he um didn't want to. Oh, be he up he for a- he didn't submit himself to be nominated for an Academy Award for The Departed, which he deserved more than anything, um, because he thought that it was an ensemble performance, and then stupid Macky Mac. Like, wouldn't go along with it and got nominated. No, it wasn't because he thought it was an ensemble. Well, yeah, he thought it was an ensemble performance, but he also just didn't want to go up against any of the other guys. Yeah, which was very nice of him. Mm-hmm. What a Especially because he, did, he didn't have an Oscar yet. So. Yeah. All right, so um, we're down to the end of here. We got the favorite scenes. No, left. no, no. We have to do the plot. Oh, my God. We haven't done the <laughs> plot yet. Oh, I feel like we have because we talked about Nazis. Uh, Meredith, can you please tell us the plot of this film in five sentences or less? I can tell you the plot in exactly five sentences. Well, some of some of them are compound sentences, so just like oh yeah, that's it. allowed. That's allowed. Okay, thank you. A compound sentence is still a sentence. I did not use any semicolons though, but I would have loved to. I lo- I uh, I accept run on sentences as well. So okay. Um. Okay. Are we ready? Yes. Swing Kids is the story of 3.5 German youths in Nazi Germany. They have somehow escaped the mandate that they join the Hitler Youth and in protest uh, and in protest of the Nazis have embraced American swing culture, which the Nazis find vulgar and un-German. After some shenanigans ensue, the main boy, Peter, whose father was killed by the Nazis for protesting the firing of his Jewish colleagues, is forced to join the Hitler Youth. His best friend Thomas, played by Christian Bale, joins with him, and the two boys try to avoid the Nazi brainwashing machine, attempting to be HJs, or Hitler Jugend, by day and swing kids by night. Can they do it? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's sad. Also, we should have, totally should have done the plot, like, way earlier. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, we kind of need to reorder based on, like, what the movie is. But, yeah, we're just creatures of habit. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. If you did, if you just figured it out, uh, yeah. I mean, if you waited this long and you hadn't seen the movie and you're like, 
you know, what's going on around here. I think we kind of laid it out pretty good in the beginning, though, so you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice, though. That was really good. Thank you. Very Thank you. Again, I'm good at being concise. Yes. Um, and now we've reached our favorite scenes. Yes, we do. Do you have any favorite scenes? I have four favorite scenes. But two of them, some of them kind of go together. So one of my favorite scenes is the opening scene, which is where you meet the swing kids at their uh, really awesome, super cool club called the Bismarck, um, where they just are rowdy and dancing and having like a grand old time. And they're so hot. They are so hot. They walk in together, uh, Peter and um, Christian Bale, and they walk in Thomas. together. And the, <laughs> Thomas. Thomas. Oh, sorry. Peter and Thomas walk in and the camera kind of like follows them. So it's like they're like James Bond or something like everyone's face is kind of turned as they <laughs> as they walk through the club. And then they just they just kill it on the dance floor. Just any time that they're dancing is my favorite, um, especially Christian. He's a really good dancer. I know. I know. He he really has some like skill. He's very I, agile. I got some feelings, you know. <laughs> had some feelings watching dance <laughs> you have a history of, of loving dancers though i mean barishnikov was your first love barishnikov what mikhail barishnikov was my first love yes i named my teddy bear after him and i watched um the nutcracker every single day for a year a couple and years you and named our dog clara oh yeah when i was like two three four that's when i did that I was not. Um, I was just but a twinkle in our parents' eye. <laughs> do you have? Uh, I have two more. But do you? No, go you give all of yours, and then I'll do mine. Okay. My um, another one is uh, when Peter. So Peter is also in the HJ in the Hitler, the Hitler Jugend. Um, he's part of the asshole, and uh, he is given like a a task to deliver these boxes to people, which he. He delivers them, and then he'll hear, like, screaming afterwards. Uh, so he opens one up, and he's, like, sitting on a park bench, like, in front of all this. It's like a lake or something. And he's sitting there, like, having, like, a real internal struggle. Cause no, like, he, but he also decides to open them up because he delivered one to a woman who said, when is my husband coming home? Yes. Yeah. And then there was a tiny child who did the Nazi salute to him. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, I got to know what I'm delivering to these people. Because he so realized he that up. he wasn't delivering things to Nazi families. Yeah. He delivered it up. I mean, he delivered it up. He delivered it. And then he opens up the next one that he has. And inside are inside a box with a Nazi with a swastika on the front um, is human ashes. And like the wind starts to come up and the ashes start to like pick up and sort of start to scatter and he sees that there's a wedding ring in there so it is so awful and he starts to like scream and the actor that plays peter is a little bit overacting a few a couple of the times he's just a little like green as an actor he's a little immature (laughs) yeah it's fine i mean this scene in particular but would have been a really jarring thing to see this i know but then he just like gets up and starts running and no one is like oh what's going on there like he just starts running um but that scene is actually important to me because that is what i think of when i think of this movie is that scene and that scene has stuck with me since the first time i saw it 
Wait, can I tell and you something about that scene, though? What? It's not going to ruin it for you, but, like... Okay. So, I refused to open my eyes during that scene for, like, the first, like, ten times I saw this movie, and I made it so much worse in my head. What do you think it was? I what, thought it was, What like, could possibly be worse than human ashes and a and a I, wedding ring? I am not like Hitler. I am all imagination and no skill. <laughs> exactly. Me, too. I'm and, an anti-Hitler. Um, my imagination decided that the Nazis put like eyeballs and teeth in the box. (laughs) Well, they might have. That is something they would do. It's totally something they would do. And I, but I was like, I don't want to see that. (laughs) And then mom was like, she was like, what do you think is, is, isn't like, why won't you watch that scene? And I was like, I just feel like it's going to be really bad. And she was like, well, it's, it's, it's not good. It's, you know, it is bad. And I was like, but. But is it scary? And she was like, just watch. And then and then I think you told me what it really was. And then I finally watched. But my brain made it so much worse. <laughs> like it, he, he opens the box and it's like a human head. Yeah, I thought it was like a, like a <laughs> Caesar and Pompey situation. No, no, it's uh, just some ashes and not just some ashes. It's But here's the thing. He opens that up. He drops the box and then he like runs away and doesn't tell and like he doesn't like like the person who was supposed to get that box not that it's they should have gotten that box but now they really don't know what happened to their loved one yeah he also does that to um one of the birth certificates that he finds he rips it up and like throws it in the water which i was like okay you just killed that person yeah but it's also like with like these also could have not been those actual people's ashes they could have just been trying to convince the families that their people were dead and then sent them to a work camp. Oh, oh my God. That's you know, so like, that's the thing about autocracies is they just lie to everybody all the time. Yeah. Well, I have a question for you, though. Um, is yes. one of your scenes, is one of your scenes the last scene? Yes. Okay, mine too, and I just came to it. Okay, so we'll talk about that at the same time. Okay. Mine, um, where does it begin for you? Mine begins when he actually just, when Peter just goes to the club. And that whole last oh, mine, mine begins when Christian Bale enters. Okay. Um. Okay. So my favorite scene in general, actually, the scene between friend of the podcast Ken- Kenneth Branagh, who plays the Gestapo, and Peter, the main swing kid character. Um. And Peter has gotten in trouble for something, and he's like in a car with the Gestapo, who like has the hots for Peter's mom, and. Peter is like, you know, being defiant and the Gestapo is like, I was once just like you. Like I was angry at the world and I felt abandoned by the world. And my father was also like ruined by violence because his dad was in World War One, which is like not the same thing. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, Peter's way like, to Peter draw false equivalency <laughs> there, Gestapo. Um, Peter looks at him and goes, that's not the same thing, bro. <laughs> Yeah, but but what he says is like, you know, I was once a a lost, angry, lonely young man who felt abandoned by the world until I heard one man speak, a.k.a. Adolf Hitler. And it felt like he was speaking just to him and he told him he could take his country back and his power back and like not feel Mm -hmm. so alone and, and, and whatever. And like, I didn't really care for that scene when I was younger. And this time it like just sent ice through my veins because it just made me think of this narrative of like the forgotten man who's like so angry and now just like, you know, and that I mean, that's the the Trump base is people who are lost and angry and feel alone and abandoned by the world and want to take their country back. Mm hmm. 
Um, and that made me feel really scared. But it's a really except, good scene. Except that they have even less of a right to their country than the Germans did. I know. At least the Germans have been there forever. It's like, oh yeah. my God, we've only been here for like a few hundred years and the Native it's Americans like even, were here for like 12,000 years yeah, before we got Not our here. country. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that scene I think is just really powerful. Kenny B is just such a solid actor. And I think he's, he's really, really good in this movie because uh, he's like just icy enough that you're like, not sure if he's going to freak out and kill somebody in cold blood. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he's also like incredibly warm and kind to Peter's family. And so you yeah. see like the seduction of the Nazis. Like they had everything. They took all the money. They like stole anytime that they like arrested people, they stole everything from them. Yeah. You know, and so they had like radios and they had all this food and they had money and like nobody had any of those things. And, oh, God, I'm just now realizing more parallels. Like, okay, well, let, okay. whoa, this is too much, man. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> we're, we're like one hour, 16 minutes in, and we still have a little bit left, so I don't, we can't go into more parallels. You are like, are you yelling at me about how long this podcast is? You thought this podcast could be three hours long. I thought it could be two and a half hours long. That's insane. <laughs> And we can we have stuff we can cut out. So, um, yeah. But I mean, it, if you think about it, it's like when you are poor, you want to be able to, like, you don't actually know what wealth looks like, and that a really accessible form of wealth is really appealing. And the Nazis had that, and like mm-hmm. that was part of what was so seductive about them, and especially to these young men who had the like. A lot of these young men didn't have fathers; their fathers had been killed in World War One. And so they like they had the burden on them of feel, of being the men in their family. Like they they felt like they had to take care of everybody, and the Nazis gave them a way to do that. Because Peter talks yes. about multiple times, like he's like, my mom had to go to work in a factory. Like it's like this terrible thing that his mom had to get a job. Yeah, he says it really dramatically too. And and like the Nazis would have thought that was pretty horrible too because they wanted ger- good German women to stay home and raise their children, and wear the hair and braids. Yes, wear the hair and braids. Not even like inventive braids, just boring braids. Yeah, just boring braids, and and no. These aren't like Pinterest ever. braids. Um. No, what I was gonna say is let's talk about Thomas for a second because, um, Thomas is like the perfect target for the Nazis, even though. You think in the beginning, he's like, oh, he's like the anti-Nazi. He's like one of the biggest swing kids, you know. Um, But he feels powerless in his family. He feels like he feels not good enough. He's he's somebody that needs a place to belong. And the Nazis give him that as well. Well, and also because he has one of those weird father-son relationships where they're like competing with each other, which is like something I just don't get why dads and sons do that. It's like. Dude, there's room for both of you. Like, chill out. Like, but that's the relationship that he has. And he's, like, never good enough for his dad. And his and his dad is, like, very anti-Nazi, but voted for uh, Hitler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he becomes a Nazi and then flips the table on his dad and turns him into the Nazis. Yeah. He reports so his dad for, like, he's, speaking about... He's, uh, won the, he's won the game against his dad. He's the yeah. more powerful one because he was able to take his dad's life away. 
but I don't know that he really had a grasp on the consequences. Not that he didn't understand what was going to happen. It's just like when they're taking his dad out and his dad looks at him, he's like, Thomas. Like he looks like, oh. But he also looked proud of himself. He won. So, yeah. He was the perfect target for the Nazis. But I also, I think he didn't think they would actually come get his dad. I think he thought he could win points by, by reporting his father's like political grandstanding in their living room but because he said his dad didn't was didn't have any plans to act on these opinions i think he mm-hmm. thought he would be fine yeah and they just like show up during dinner and take his dad and they're like you'll be back in the morning yeah we don't know if his dad ever came back actually i imagine that he didn't i imagine he did not either or i imagine he came back and was it was like peter's like, dad like never the yeah. same yeah you don't get to just um, go, like, hang out with an asshole of Nazis and come back fine. No. Even if you are a Nazi, you don't come back fine. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, Thomas is just like all these chinless douchebags who are marching in Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he could be one of them. They're just... But it's it, it, it's also really interesting that Thomas is rich. Like, a lot is made out of him being a wealthy, privileged kid. Mm-hmm. And he even he's susceptible to it because there's, like, no place for him. Yeah, and he's somebody that likes to have a place to belong. He belongs with the swing kids. When that starts to kind of fall apart a little bit, though, he's, like, back to the Nazis. Yeah. I mean, not back to the Nazis, but he's moved on to the Nazis because... He's, there's uh, Emil, who's Noah Wiley, who's like his friend now and so nice to him, and he has a place to belong. I love and that they like, become friends after they beat the crap out of each other. I know. Such a boy thing. Ugh, I don't <laughs> and I don't know if it really... <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the last scene, which is one of my favorite scenes. Wait, I have more things to say. Oh, my apologies. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, My favorite part of this movie, you've already brought it up, but Christian Bale dancing, just anytime he dances... He's such a good dancer. I want him to dance more. I hope mm-hmm. that he and Sibby, his wife, who may or may not have had a tumultuous Bosnian childhood, as we oh, found yeah. out yesterday. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, I hope they dance together. But anyway, so uh, gentle listeners, you've heard us say that Christian Bale's wife, Sibby, had a tumultuous Bosnian childhood many times <laughs> because we read it in a book about makeup. Anyway, um, so we did a little Google of her yesterday. First off, she is still stunning she is like a she is a beautiful she's a dime piece this girl she's a grown-ass woman i'm just being really gross and sexist but anyway she's amazingly beautiful and then i go on her imdb and it says she was born in chicago illinois and i'm like which is it sib are you and she has two different names on the internet and one's not there's like she has like a really long like uh bosnian name and then there's Sandra. Ooh, her parents are from Syria, right? No, her parents are from Bosnia. Serbia is what you're thinking. Serbia. Of. Her parents yeah, are not from Serbia. Serbia. So she has like this really long name that I don't know how to pronounce. And that, but, and that's where Sibi comes from. But then she's also sometimes referred to as Sandra. She has two last names. I'm like, I don't just don't think I trust this woman anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I we were on the phone, and Meredith was like, I don't even know what to do. I'm discovering new information. I don't even know how I feel anymore. <laughs> I was very concerned about this person that I care so much about, Christian Bale, mm-hmm. 
living with someone whose name I don't know, (laughs) who may or may not have had a tumultuous Bosnian childhood. I feel misled. Let us all, let's all just assume that he knows her real name and like, you know, about her childhood and whether it was tumultuous and whether it was in Bosnia. I mean, she could have had a tumultuous Bosnian childhood in Chicago. (laughs) You know? Okay. (laughs) We just like, it, listen. If anybody knows the answer, just email us. You know, no, or, please uh, let us you know. know. I really, yeah. I just want to feel good about who Christian Bale is married to because she's beautiful <laughs> and like she's older than he is, which I think is totally rocking. And like, she I had think her she second seems, baby at forty-four. I think she seems rockin'. like a real badass bitch, but I'm also concerned about these red flags. <laughs> yeah, just saying, she could be a sleeper spy. We don't know. It's entirely true could be it's entirely true that it could be I mean, it's entirely possible is what i meant oh my gosh this is okay um but anyway so yeah i love when he dances i want him to dance more but acting wise christian bale shines in the final scene yes he shines he so, so laura why don't you tell the gentle listeners what happens in the final scene i was gonna say let me paint a picture for you please do with your words with your with, with your words, oh. not with your great skill at painting, <laughs> which you actually have. You're a very good painter, but I have no imagination. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, I will take over the world and murder people. I must kill people. I have no imagination. My my German accent is not up to par. You sound like you're like an impoverished like <laughs> Italian man in the Renaissance. <laughs> I am. Oh no! Actually, you sound like Pedro from. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> oh my god, I just pictured Hitler with like no hair and he's like, my head was hot. <laughs> I want to make her a cake. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want anyone to see. <laughs> okay, so get serious because this is a very serious scene. All right. The Bismarck. It's nighttime. Peter dresses in his swing kid's best and he heads out for the Bismarck and he gets there and the dancing is very slow and they're what song are they dancing to? By Mirbis to Shame. Can you sing it a little bit for us? By Mirbis to Shame Please let me explain By Mirbis to Shame means that you're grand Okay, except they do it like really slowly so it's like Oh, the singers. By yeah. (laughs) That's like what it really is like, but Ella Fitzgerald does a great version of it. (laughs) So all these swing kids are like dancing around, like they're like it's a slow dance. It's a romantic time for everyone. Uh and Peter goes like right up to the front and he's like staring at this singing girl and he he's just like really I don't even know how to describe it. He's, He's feeling himself. He is feeling himself. He's feeling the music. He's feeling this time and this place. Um, and basically, he just goes to town. I've he he does a lot of like snapping, but it's like very sharp snapping, and then he just kind of loses it. <laughs> he he's dancing very ferociously and inappropriately <laughs> he's to the he's music. Doing what you're supposed to do, which is putting your feeling. And that fire that's going on inside of you into the dance. Into the dance. That is exactly what he does. Anyway, so he is having a time really dancing out his feelings. And he turns around and the Nazis have come in. And one of the Nazis 
is Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let you take over now. So the Nazis, the Nazis have like busted this club before, but the people have always kind of tipped them off and they've put on like the terrible German music and started like pokeying around. <laughs> and uh, and so they were able they to avoid. Greatest, put on Hitler's greatest hits and started doing the appropriate interpretive dance. To his yeah. Yeah. And then and then there was another time that like some kids got arrested, but everything was mostly OK. And so um, they this time they just come in like guns blazing. They don't actually have guns because they're Hitler youth, but they have clubs and they just start beating the living daylights out of everybody mm-hmm. and rounding them up to be arrested. And so Peter is like kind of fighting through the crowd trying to get out and he ends up in a fight with Thomas, the Christian Bale character. His and best friend. Yeah, his best friend. And he for a second thinks that Thomas is going to help him get out and Thomas like goes crazy and starts trying he, to kill him. Yeah, beats he beats him with a club. They're yeah. like in a real they're like in a serious like fight to the death. Yeah, it, it is a serious it's, like, it's, it's, it's like not Mufasa, a brawl. It's, like it's not a scar. No, it's, it's Mufasa and Scar. Yeah, it is not a it's not a like a a a a, a feel good brawl. It's not like a punch each other in the nuts and then we'll just feel better about life situation, which I guess is no. like a thing that dudes do. Um it is it's like I want you dead. And so mm-hmm. he actually at one point kind of pins Peter against the bar and starts pushing the and starts choking him with his hands. And Peter, like, moves and they tumble. His hands get thrown off. They end up outside together. And Thomas takes his club, pushes Peter up against a car, puts the club on his neck, and presses down as hard as he can. And is choking like, him to death. shaking and sweating. And he looks like he, he there's no, uh, not compassion. What's the regret in his face? He's not yeah. like, ooh, I shouldn't have done this. He is out to kill him. Yeah, he's got, he's got murder in his veins. And so basically... He he thinks that he kills him. Like he holds down the club on Peter's neck until Peter goes limp, but he yeah. lets go because nobody knows how long it takes to actually strangle someone. Thank God. Six. Yeah, we do. No, but people. The world at large doesn't know oh. because movies oh. make it happen so fast, and we want to keep okay. it that way. <laughs> it's like ten minutes. Um. Yeah. So he doesn't. Uh. He lets go, and Peter slumps down and starts breathing again. And he and he looks. I forget who talks first. I think well, it's Christian. Also slumps down on the car. Yeah. Like, he's he like collapses as well because yeah, because they've both been just like giving it their all, trying to well, one trying to kill the other, and the other one trying to d- defend himself. Yeah. And for a moment, they're separated from everybody else. Everybody else is still inside the club, and I think it's Peter. Oh, no. Thomas says, get out of here. Like, go. He lets him go. And Peter says, no, I'm not going to go. And he gets all upset. And, then he, and and he says, no, you have to leave. Like, get out of here. They're, they're not going to let it go this time. Like, they're going to send you to a, a concentration camp. And Peter won't go. And he says, and he, he tells Thomas, you're not a murderer. You're not like them. Well, because because Peter had come to this club with basically the intention of of standing up to the Nazis. Yeah. Peter knew that by putting back on his swing clothes and going out blatantly as a swing kid, not like hidden like he had before, he was going to attract the attention of the Gestapo who was watching him and stuff like that. So, um, because he was being watched really closely by the Nazis. Um, And so, 
at that point, after he says, you're not one of them, you're not a murderer, two other HJs come out and grab Peter and take him away. And they are dragging him toward, like, like a a truck that they throw these kids in the back of. It's it's like a, almost like a fruit truck or, like, you know, like the kind of thing... It's the kind of thing that you would fruit. see, like, like sheep in on the way to like a, a yeah. farm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's basically it's a it's a it's a makeshift pickup truck. Exactly. It's actually um, exactly the same kind of truck that they used in Empire of the Sun to transport them from their Japanese internment camp to another. So apparently, this is how you also transport people. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so he gets dragged off and uh, Kenneth Branagh shows up and they, you think for a second he's going to save Peter and he looks at Peter and goes, what a waste. Like, you could have been great and you chose to do this instead. And uh, Peter starts singing, it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. And they drag him and they throw him in the back of the truck. And uh, he looks up and sees Thomas who is standing there like kind of in disbelief and Thomas raises his arm in a Nazi salute, but then says swing Heil instead of what they're really supposed to say. Sig, Sig Heil. Sig Heil. Yeah. So he says swing Heil, which is they used to salute each other like that. At swing Heil. Yeah. Saying swing Heil. And he, he's yelling it at him and basically like being like, I'm not, I know I'm not really one of them. I'm really one of you. But he's, like, seeing his friend go off basically to his death. Mm-hmm. And then Peter's little brother shows up. Because he followed him. Because he followed him there because he was scared he, his brother was going to get taken away like his dad. And then he, he starts chasing him down and sobbing and screaming. And he, he says to his bro- Peter says to his brother, it's going to be okay. Which it's not. Like, why would you say that? Mm-hmm. And then his little brother picks up his umbrella and raises his arm and says, starts screaming, swing Heil. So he's like... You have to do it. You have no, to do it. I, you know I don't do things like this. Swing Heil! Swing Heil! Yeah, swing he's, Heil! He's and really... He's like screaming it in the middle of the street. Yeah. Really putting himself in danger. Yeah, because they wouldn't have cared if he was a tiny kid. You know? Yeah. So, he's not that young. <laughs> yeah, this scene, it's so intense. It's so I, emotional. I cried... Like a friggin' baby. Yeah, because it just made me think about how, like, the the swing kids knew they weren't going to win. No, like, misgivings about the fact that they didn't think they were going to change their country by doing this. But they just never stopped fighting for what was right. Mm-hmm. In their own little way. And, like, we recognize now that they fought for what was right. They didn't give in. I mean, a lot of them were forced into military service anyway, which is so sad. And like, because they didn't want to be Nazis and they were forced to be Nazis and do evil things. And that's like awful to think about. But like, I don't know. It's, it was like, it just makes me think of, oh, I'm going to get emotional because I get emotional every time I think about this. But it makes me think of like what Hillary Clinton said in her uh, concession speech. Like, never doubt that fighting for what's right is worth it because it is worth it. And, like, Mm -hmm. that's something that I have to remind myself of, like, every single day because it feels like you're not doing anything against this evil and horrible stuff that you see everywhere all the time popping up. And, like, but it is worth it. Even if you never see the fruits of it, even if you don't survive, like, it's worth it for you to do that. It's bigger. It's bigger than you. Yeah. 
and the swing kids understood that. Which so is pretty think, freaking baller. I think we should bring this back. I think we should all start saying swing Ohio. Um, well, okay. Whenever, whenever they feel inappropriate to say Heil Hitler or whatever, they are going to start saying. Uh, I think we should we should all start saying swing Ohio. I also just would like to point out that Nazis are still not imaginative people. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, hey, wait, they were not able to get like regular torches. So they used like party tiki torches. That is pretty creative. No, that's resourceful. Those are different things. (laughs) Like they can't even come up with like a new way to be Nazis. They just keep being the old way. Well, you know what I mean? Like in their minds, in their minds, that worked, even though it didn't. How on earth could you think that worked? <laughs> like, oh God, I will never understand. I will never understand people choosing to be Nazis. I understand like brainwashing and stuff like that, but like people who in this day and age hear what Hitler had to say and go, "Yeah, this guy, he had some good ideas." <laughs> it's just like. What on earth is we literally invented atomic warfare to get rid of you people? <laughs> like, you, know, you know what? If somebody says that to me, man, Hitler had some good ideas. I'm going to be like, you should see his artwork. <laughs> you should hear his musical stylings. You should hear his musical stylings. He is so good. And I don't know if you can get it anymore. But if you just search around, spend your life looking for that. When it's probably YouTube. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I think this is re- re- this is an important movie for our time because not only is does it touch on like the like the the whole Nazi thing, which like I literally I can I like cannot believe that that's a thing that we have to try th- talk about in contemporary terms, but we do. And um, but it's also it's it, it's a movie about the radicalization of young men. Mm-hmm. That's what this movie's about. And that's what's happening in so many different sections of our society right now. Like something is happening with young dudes in this world. And, you know, in order to stop it, we have to understand how it happens. Yes, that's why history class is friggin' important. No. A lot of people didn't go, though, because it was sad. And world history, history was really was awesome. rough, man. It was like, I used to call world history class the history of uh, mean white people and wars started by Germany. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Um, okay. How many so wait, videos? If you, if wait, you, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. I just want to say to people, if you haven't seen this movie, we didn't just ruin it for you. There's a lot more in there. Oh, yeah. So if for no other reason, just go watch it so you can see Christian Bale swing dance because it's so good. And um, and also he looks really good. Uh, okay, go watch this movie. All right. Also, if you need like a little, if you're feeling like a little like resistance fatigue, if that you know, like if you're doing your civic duty and like fighting for civil rights and American rights and you know, good stuff, um, and you're feeling slightly fatigued because it's been a year and it's been really hard, this movie is really good for like reminding you why you're doing it. And reminding you that, like, there isn't a world where what you are doing, in reality, what you are doing will always be the right thing. That, like, fighting for freedom and for people, and not, like, freedom, but, like, fighting for people to be able to choose what they love and who they love and to be whatever and whoever they want to be is always worth it. 
I agree. Um, Wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Archibald oh, Gracie thinks it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, the boy's a hero then. Oh. Um, okay, how many Leos are you giving Christian for his performance as Thomas in Swing Kids? Um, Christian is getting 8.5 Leos from me for his performance. I'm giving him 10. <gasps> 10? Really? I'm giving him 10 Leos because in the final scene, he really has to go through a huge range of unspoken emotions. It's true. And he is so good that I feel like I could make a very specific timeline of those emotions. But he does yes. it without, like, having an angry face and having a confused face and having a, like, you know, like, he's not, like, doing pantomime. Like, he just actually is really, really good in that final scene. I think that's a tall order for any actor, let alone a 19-year-old actor or however he was, old he was when he made this movie. I think he was even younger than that, actually, unfortunately. I know. I know. <laughs> and we already scolded Leo for hanging out with teenagers, so we can't hey, But we're not anything. hanging out with young Christian Bale. We're just admire. He can admire. He just can't you know hang out yeah um and like the final time that you see him in this movie is so tragic because you realize that he's realized he's in over his head and he doesn't want to be what he's become yeah he, he doesn't like, just get out of the nazis yeah you're just you're not it's like you're, you're not allowed to leave it's like the hotel california <laughs> oh by the way it's this it wasn't a mandate but you had to be part of the hj at that point um it was an option that you were strongly encouraged to take Oh, I mean, in the movie, though, they, they say, like, somehow we got out of the mandate. Like, they say that it's compulsory. Oh, okay. So they must yeah. have, it was probably, like, taking some license to make the stakes yeah. higher. But um, it's, it's, it's either explicitly stated or strongly implied that it's, it's what they're doing is illegal. That they should yeah. be in there and they're just some, for some reason, not. Um, yeah, I just think he's great. I think this is where we really start to see the actor that Christian Bale is going to become. I'm very proud of him, but I did just give him 8.5. I know, which I feel fine. is feel it's very strong. I feel it's a strong showing. It is. It is. I just feel like he's going to get even better, and it's not that I can't give him 10 all the time. It's just I'm I'm measuring him against other things I've seen him do. See, I, that, I'm not doing that. I take every movie as its own thing. Mm. like how was he in this movie I'm not like measuring him against other films although I shouldn't measure him against we should be measuring him against Leo no yes that's why you give him Leo's you give him Leo's because he earns Leo's so is he giving the performance of 10 Leo's is that what we're saying because that seems wrong no no it's just like it's just like a I don't know It's it's like the Cecil B. DeMille award (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's not the performance of 10 leos because the world is not prepared and could not handle the performance of 10 leos you know it would be too much that's too many leos mm-hmm. okay well now that the leos have been awarded it is time to end the show in the meantime you can find us on apple podcasts please go subscribe rate us leave reviews and help other people find the show uh, we can also be found on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Talk Leo Pod, and our website is Let's Talk About Leo.com. Our theme song was composed by Blake Schmidtberger, and the rest is just a Meredith and Laura production. Thank you for joining us to talk about Leo. Come back uh, next week and join us when we discuss uh, some movie called Royal Deceit. 
That sounds very sexy. Really? I think it sounds weird. I think there's going to be some sort of weird sexual scene. I hope so. Yeah, he hasn't um he hasn't done that yet. Well, he's a teenager. Oh yeah, that's right. We don't want him doing sex scenes as a teenager. That's true. That's like but now he's gonna be in the next one. He's probably gonna be like twenty or twenty one. So yeah, but then it's fine. <laughs> also, I'm <laughs> have at it, Christian. His his uh, I wonder if his peak of uh, human beauty is at the same time as Leo's peak of human beauty. I think it happened slightly before. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about that next time, though. <laughs> okay. Also, okay, yeah. All right. Perhaps the All time right, after. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I'm going to listen to Despacito alone. I'm going to go tweet Donald Trump and tell him to resign. Amen. Peace out, boys. Okay. Scout. Bye. Bye. Do 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 the Capricast. Let's talk about Leo.